Hello and welcome to the studio. This is Can Technology Ever Be Sustainable? Sponsored by HPE. With me in the studio is Danny Attias. Um, Danny, I'd like to start with you. How are team and leadership demands changing the way IT teams engage with sustainability? There's sustainability within IT and there's a kind of the obvious stuff around data centers and laptops and mobile phones and so on. But then there's just the bigger sustainability topic uh, around a business as a whole. Um, and, and I think we are probably more being engaged on the bigger picture, which is good, and that's a good thing, um, rather than the, the kind of the micro element. Um, I think it's, a, it's important that sustainability forms a part of your organizational strategy, your technology strategy, your innovation strategy, your hiring strategy. It's, it's got to be core to all of those components. And, and so I think that's harder to engage IT teams on all of that. It can be a little bit overwhelming, um, especially given the amount of digital transformation that's going on in every organization. Really, it's trying to get them to think about networks, smart buildings, data collection, and the basics around equipment and, and cloud. But just getting that conversation um, happening more and more and more so that even the things that, that technology teams to do that they wouldn't even think would have a sustainability impact may do and, and get them to understand what that impact might be. Mm, interesting. Mel, would you agree that there's this change in the culture almost that needs to happen in order to bring sustainability um, into the everyday thinking of IT teams? Absolutely. And, and we're seeing this with ESG efforts uh, globally as requirements come down from uh, uh, regional or, or national governments, as well as uh, the mandates that are being put on CEOs, CIOs and, and, uh, and groups to be able to uh, reduce footprint. Right. So there's there's two aspects that I look at this from. Right. There's efficiencies, uh, just like you just noted, um, that you can that you can make or otherwise. But then there's other segments in here. Right. You've got transportation. You've got buildings. You've got you know infrastructure. Uh, uh, shipping so depending on the market that you're at the esg conversation becomes a very big play so if you're looking at sustainability it and all of the other components that you would normally think about the the shift to the cloud is is probably one of the to me one of the biggest benefits to uh you know bare metal waste or any anything along that line but at the same token you've got uh, massive data centers that are run uh you know for private hosting etc when you look at all of those, um, you have to start to cover across all three. You have to make a connection between E, S, and G, right? The environmental, the social, and the governance. So where do those old laptops go, right? Do they get recycled and repurposed and donated to different uh, programs to help elevate and educate, which is a big uh, portion of what I do, right? And then the governance piece is what are the mandates that are coming down from net zero and the Paris Agreement? What are the uh, requirements that are coming in for the auto manufacturers? Um, and then, you, you know, so you've got, a, you've got a heavy governance piece that's going to be coming down the pike uh, to, to do enforcements. But then on top of that, how do you really, um, how do you really benefit from what's happened in the last couple of years, right? Um, uh, buildings and offices account for 39% of the carbon emissions. 
So we're in the office less, right? In, in a lot of areas globally. So are are we helping that? Do we measure that? And how do we how do we uh, tailor that? Commuting, right? Uh, where if you're a remote or hybrid scenario, the reduction in commute, you know, can you benefit from that by by calling that out as part of the ESG? program. So there's so many different aspects to how that ties to IT. And I've got some some prime examples of some of the groups that I'm working with in uh, the, the container and transport industry that are actually trying to target leveraging technology, the innovations in order to, to, to reduce uh, the waste. So it's an incredible topic. Um, if it's not on the agenda of, of major corporations and the board, uh, it sure as heck will mm. be soon. Okay. It'd be great to hear some of those examples in, in, a, in a moment. Robert Sheasley, from where you're sitting, do you, do you see it the same way? What's, what's your view? My opening remark is what Mel said. Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, this new hybrid and work remotely um, capability that, you know, we've executed in the face of a pandemic has now produced a, a very pivotal point in our, our business life. Um, you know, absent of manufacturing and energy production, a lot of what we do, especially in the IT world, can be performed remotely. Um, now, you know, robotics on the plant floor and those sorts of things and automation um, is, you know, always going to be necessary to produce things um, that consumers and businesses use. Um, interestingly enough, I'm at the Gartner conference here in Orlando, Florida this week, and, and someone used the M word um, at lunch yesterday, mainframe. And so, I, you know, I think that our move to the cloud, in addition to this hybrid work model, has also given us, I, I'm glad I got a chuckle from you, Mel. Um, I, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have a mouthful of food when someone used the word mainframe. But, um, you know, this move to the cloud um, also gives us opportunity to, you know, um, fuel that, for lack of a better word, the sustainability engine, if you will, as it relates to our ability to reduce that carbon footprint, reduce metal, um, and still provide computing platforms that are going to make organizations and people bigger, stronger, faster. Interesting that you said that the pandemic represents a pivotal point here. Many people will, will recognise that, that, that change um, and the implications of it. Um, but how seriously do you think this, the idea of sustainability is taken within organisations and within IT teams, given all the other priorities that they have and all the challenges they face? It's a balance, right? I mean, it, with everything else, it, it is a balance, but I do think that you know, of course, the, 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 the regulations are going to make us pay attention and prioritize what we need to do to achieve compliance, right? But outside of just the regulations, I think this is, you know, again, another pivotal point in, 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 in the history of business. It's, it's an opportunity to do the right thing. And I don't think we can overlook that. And as leaders, I think we need to ensure that our teams are on board with doing the right thing. How do we incentivize organizations to do the right thing? It's, it's a great question because it's, you know, are companies gonna just do the right thing? No, 
really, because they're they're there for a purpose. They're there to make profit potentially if they're a if they're a for profit organization. And are they focusing enough on sustainability now? No, nowhere near enough, because they're thinking about what's going to bite them today, not what's going to bite them tomorrow. And and. I mean, if they don't care, take care of business, they don't have a business to worry about tomorrow. So um, the reality is, is if we don't address those sustainability issues, then all of that pain is going to come down and, and hit us really hard. So we, we have to address those issues preemptively. And so in terms of incentivizing, it, it is about what, what is the CEO saying? What is the CEO doing? How, how are the KPIs, the objectives? We hear about ESG and uh, particularly the G, the governance part. So what we could do is we could think about um, keeping responding to those governance asks as they come along, which is really hard work if you think about ISO 27001 and information security and, and quality and standards and so on. But if you're smart and you, you're a more forward-facing organization, you can get ahead of that. If you're ahead of the curve with your business model, um, ESG requirements come along, those governance requirements come along, and you're, you're ahead of the curve. You don't have to worry about them. You're, you're defining the direction of travel. So I, th I think if you, take a, if you take an organization as is and go, how do I incentivize the people within my organization to think about sustainability? That's a really hard ask, really hard. Mm -hmm. But if you take that organization and you really think about what is it doing? How is it approaching it? What's the culture of that organization? Then you can take people uh, along on the journey. And then you can put incentives around innovation. You can put incentives around measuring carbon and getting a reduction on that. Thank you, Danny. Mel, earlier you alluded to, um, you had some great examples of, of partnerships <laughs> that are working well. Can you give us one of those? One of the things that became very clear, very, very evident, and is continuing to, to carry through in the last couple of years is, uh, you know, you, you've got the great resignation. You've got a lot of awareness from folks who have, have become uh, very comfortable in being able to challenge themselves to work remotely, leave their jobs. And there's a mindset and a cultural change that has happened in the last two to three years. Um, I was a little ahead of the curve with that. We can talk about that one in another session. But um, people are looking for organizations who do have ESG in, in mind, right? Who have an active voice, who, who are being led from the top down, right? With genuine efforts, right? So when I joined GetAround, GetAround is a perfect example of that. GetAround has proven metrics that talks about uh, ride share and the reduction of the carbon footprint by not having more cars on the road, but leveraging the cars that, are, that aren't being used, right? So when you're talking about ESG, there is a, there is a, a, a talent attraction uh, aspect to this that you have to look at. That's number one. Number two, when you're looking at examples uh, across varying industries, I'm in a startup, few, you know, several hundred employees that has a global impact, right? So this is not just the United States, the global impact on the, the, the carbon footprint. That gives me a sense of pride. And I, I'm going to shout that through the rafters. Now you take mass uh, 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 transportation or uh, shipping, right? Shipping is one of the, the, the biggest pieces, especially when you talk about grant, ground transport. And I'm an advisor for a group and, and the group is literally leveraging um, a different approach to being able to be the Uber or the Lyft for ground transportation, 
right? So you've got transporters and you've got folks who need, you know, products transported and they, they he's they're creating a, a community where they can find each other. And you're like, well, what does that have to do with, with uh, the environment? Several of the uh, paths that these transporters take, they will ship, they will drive something or they will ship something to one location, but they don't have anything to ship back or bring back. So you've got an empty cargo scenario where you're not with this kind of platform, you're able to find more opportunities so that both sides of that route are being filled, right? So you're not having yet another, the next day, the day after a route where somebody, you know, uh, is, is running, uh, um, empty, right, uh, on a cargo, you know, coming back. So there are efficiencies that we can take by leveraging the technology, creating the marketplaces, and being able to pull that together. And that's one of the most exciting things about the advisory work that I do. And I could not agree more with staying ahead of the curve. Look at what happened with GDPR. Look at what happened with CCPA, CPRA, and every other local or global uh, compliance piece. Everybody started to scramble at the last minute. Holy shit, where's our data? How do we do this? How do we do that? How do we DSR, right? Guess what? If you were starting to get ahead of it and you had a good data classification, good data you know, uh, uh, sourcing and how to remove these things, it would have been a, a little bit of an effort, right? So getting ahead of it and using that as part of marketing. Hot damn, why would you not use that as part of your marketing? <laughs> like we have a program here, people, and this mm. is what we're doing. And this is what our plan is for five to 10 years. It's not, it's not, you don't have to invest billions of dollars now. It's a gradual cultural change. So to me, ESG is huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be mandated. And just like 20 years ago, SOX was mandated. Why? Because we had a, we had an economic turmoil scenario. Now we've got you know GDPR, CCPA, CPR. It's going to continue. Regulations, okay. local and global, are going to force us there. Robert, I saw you nodding vigorously while Mel was um, was explaining that that example to us. What? What key things do you think you've learned um, or uncovered on your journey um, towards sustainability? Um, you or business partners uh, or other examples of best practice you've observed? You know, it is about the ecosystem, right? It's not just about our organization, although I, you know, and I love the, the comment about marketing um, your success in this area, because I think the consumer um, and potential employees are paying attention to this. Um, you know, uh, the, the term KPIs were mentioned, um, you know, the ability to shop from the rooftops, success in any given area, ESG, you know, being one of many, I think is a, an opportunity to market your organization as one that is serious about, you know, moving the needle in these particular areas. And you're right, Mel, I mean, preparation, right? Being in a point in, in your journey um, where you're prepared for the next wave of uh, attention that needs to be made to these areas, and, and ESG is, is one of them. You know, we go through the, the, the questionnaire review every year um, that I just responded to. And as I was responding to it, it made me think about the things that I need to put in my budget for 2023 and 2024 planning ahead to move the needle in these areas. And I, and I want us to have KPIs that measure our success for ESG. And I'd like to see those KPIs with our vendor community, our partners, 
because I think it, the ecosystem is the answer, but everyone has to contribute into it. Can we talk a bit about the technologies that are enabling this? I think there's the very obvious cloud. Mm. You know, cloud was mentioned earlier. If you're not in the cloud already, mm. what's going on? Yeah. Uh, and you can you can just assess the carbon reduction in in those migrations, uh, the efficiency and the flexibility. So. And, and, and always we can think about the really exciting stuff right at the edge. But actually, if you've got to get some of the basics right as well. Not in terms of exciting technology, but data, data all the way. So what are you measuring? What do you know? How, you, how are you assessing your impact? Um, what, are, what are the behaviors that your organization are taking? How are they influencing those outcomes? So just fundamentally. Um, and then, yeah, there's some really exciting stuff around smart sensors, around um, you know, video conferencing solutions and, and AR and VR, uh, augmented reality and virtual reality, that, that helps break down some of those barriers, right? There, there's a difference between me being here in this room with you and not being in, in this room with you. And, and how, do we, how do we start to, to break down those barriers? It's still very, very early stages, um, but I, I think if we can make sure we focus on the outcome that we're trying to achieve. Um, we become more data literate, we become more clear on the opportunities ahead, then, then we can start to, to build up from there. So cloud, data, um, what about artificial intelligence? It's been described as a tsunami of change. It's gonna hit the mm -hmm. workforce and the whole world um, in, in quite a short space of time. Uh, Mel, what are your thoughts on, on the, the role of AI or any other technologies? That's the beauty of where we are right now, right? We, we spent the last 10 years building out incredible uh, data lakes, uh, data storage, and I call some of them data swamps, right? Uh, but we, we have the ability now to find logistical efficiencies, Right to be able to 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 whether it's shipping, transportation, or otherwise, but you also have a ton of data, right? To be able to pull that together to find uh, where you might need to target, right? If you've got um, uh, buildings, manufacturing, transportation, you can actually find the biggest impact, you know, impacting. Uh, you know, carbon footprint, and then maybe put a little bit more focus around that, right? So you can do uh, kind of geo mapping of, you know, where are the biggest challenges where you can get the, 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 the biggest wins, right? So even analyzing how your company is impacting the environment by analyzing the size, the scope, the equipment they're using, right? So if you do have to be, have to have a physical footprint or transportation footprint, AI, ML, being able to analyze that data, pull that together uh, faster and quicker so that you can get to that decision point will definitely help to make sure you're investing the probably very small budget, like you know, Robert, you know, Robert said, you're allocating budget, but how do you best use that? So leveraging those would be probably the best way to, to use the current technology, logistics, and data to be able to drive where you would make that investment. The opportunity to leverage AI to serve ESG is, is tremendous. And one area that we'll, we'll be exploring in 2023 is this idea of route optimization. So we're a home services company. We provide uh, HVAC services, um, uh, electrical, plumbing, water purification, um, heating, air conditioning. Um, and so we have a metropolitan area in 26 geographic areas across the United States, not international yet, but who knows, 
what's what the future holds. But you know, this idea of route optimization and utilization of AI to allow us to a save fuel and b less emissions uh, as we look at where our technicians are geographically and more efficiently moving them around the map um, so that we can we can achieve some success um, and move the needle on those KPIs as it relates to emissions reduction. AI, I think uh, there's, there's so many use cases we could talk about with AI, that's one of them for us. Um, and so I think that the more we apply the artificial intelligence and machine learning to these sorts of things, um, efficiencies, um, as well as our, our ability to, to produce faster um, product and, and, and services, it, it contributes to the KPIs that ESG has, you know, produced for us to respond to. Okay. Um, another question for this round table, which actually we've, we have touched on it briefly, but I'd like to explore in a bit more detail. How far organizations should work together on sustainability solutions and the role of technology leaders in that? You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm part of a few different communities, uh, professional development and, and uh, uh, CISO, CIO, and, you know, different groups that, um, that collaborate on solutioning, best practices. Uh, you know, Hot Topics is a fantastic example of that, right? And we need, to, we need to get to that point where we are actively looking for ESG uh, groups, right? That we're, that we're creating a, a global conversation or even a local conversation uh, to be able to drive that collaboration. What are you doing? What tools, whoever you use, what kind of analysis are you doing? Um, and, and begin to elevate that. There are some programs that focus on the, the AI, you know, data democracy. And then there's programs that, you know, focus on, on security, ISO and, you know, uh, and mapping. I think this is a, a prime opportunity to be able to create several communities, right? Again, local, you know, in the United States, it's, it's state and national and global, right? Because every state will pick a, a, a different angle to take this at. Um, so, so you really have a ton of opportunity to be able to be uh, at the forefront leading this. So if your organization is already uh, in, in the mix of having a program, creating a good consortium and a roundtable of folks that are trusted to have this conversation and lead the path with examples, with frameworks, with you know, documentation, with programs is going to be vital for this to, to get uh, the kind of traction and to make it easier for everyone else to kind of adopt. I feel almost bad asking this next question, bearing in mind we're at Hot Topics, but you know, is there some giving away of competitive advantage in working together? I mean, which is what we're doing at Hot Topics, actually. These conversations tease out problems and organisations come together. But is there any fear, Robert, do you think, among organisations about working together on these, on these kinds of issues in terms of staying ahead of the pack? Indeed, I think... Uh... There is um, a boundary that you want to be aware of, right? Um, and you know, business is business. It's a competitive sport. Uh, we have competitors at, in all of our geographic markets, um, and we, in, in our organizations, our brands are are leading brands in their geographic markets. And uh, as an example, our Atlanta brand uh, it leads Atlanta, and we only we only own nine percent of the market share. So it is a very uh, the, the competition is 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 
um, strong. But I think that setting those boundaries, I think, um, I think is important. Um, but you don't get, again, back to the ecosystem comment. And, and I'm glad you brought up co competition too, because um, I didn't touch on that. I, I do think that your competitors are part of that ecosystem. But I think that you need to also make sure that from a business perspective, um, you're not sharing trade secrets that might damage your market share or erode that market share. Um, you know, it is a competitive sport, but we also have to have, find that balance between the contribution we're making to the, 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 the better of the whole. And that's what I think we've been talking about here. It's not just a scorecard, but doing what doing the right thing and i think that if you if you do the right thing good things will happen sustainability is is part of um a solution to a, an existential threat actually isn't it it's it's bigger than competition isn't it? Mm -hmm. it, it we have to do this um to survive what do you think the role of technology leaders is in this sphere um so just to expand on a little bit based on the, the previous question and then and then into the technologists, uh, no one gets a monopoly on trying to save the world, right? That doesn't become your um, competitive advantage in spite of others doing it, right? It can be a competitive advantage, that's great, but, but you wouldn't want to be withholding that um, intellectual property effectively. And as you say, it's a global existential threat. So no one organization is going to be able to do it. So you have to join up forces to be able to address that issue. Technology leaders, um, the solutions will come from innovation. Innovation relies on technology. So th there is a the kind of a connectivity across the board. And also IT leaders, technology leaders are really well connected take this, yes. for example, we're really well connected. So often we'll be in a conversation and say, oh, such and such organization are doing. You go, oh, well, I know the CIO there. Let's pick them up, pick up the call, have a conversation. What are they doing? And I find generally in that sphere, we really are sharing and collaborating as much as we can on all sorts of topics, not just sustainability. So I think the role of the technologist is twofold. One is the network uh, and, and, and that ability to, to share and influence. And then the other one is the data, uh, the AI, uh, and the fact that technology is, is definitely part of the solution. Well, fascinating discussion. Um, we've come to the end of our, our roundtable. Thank you very much to our three speakers. And thank you for watching and joining us at the studio.